Hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Brienne & Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Brienne & Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable, minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Brienne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brienneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping, at Brienne and Company. Thanks, Brienne. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope, and show you a technique that can help you cope. I am your host, the self-talk engineer, Charles Woolfork, the undefeated, undisputed <laughs> self-talk engineer. And if you are tuning in, please consider hitting the like and describe, uh, like and subscribe button. And if you're on a podcast platform, give a brother five stars and some feedback as well. Now, today I have an outstanding guest right here. This is Nathan Todd. Now, Nathan is from uh, South Carolina, South Kakalak, and born four pounds, 10 ounces. And he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at two years old. And he had all these different labels. And, you know, he talks about how our label is really, quote unquote, supposed to be by society. You're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be that. But now he has began his coaching business with no label defines me coaching and his podcast called Conversations with the Loneliness Coach podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Nathan Ty. What's up, Nathan? <laughs> hey, man, that's I'm all hyped up for this for sure. <laughs> that intro and that energy, man, that's what it's all about. It's all about the energy you bring to life. So. I'm looking forward to where we go during this conversation. Hey, man. Hey, since day one of where I met you, man, I've been like, you've always inspired me and you've always given me that type of energy back, too. So I'm just feeding off of you because that's all it is. Hey, so like, please, for the few people that don't know you out there, please tell them, uh, so, uh, what, tell, tell them something different than what I've, I already told them. Yeah. So something different is really one of the key things that started this whole journey mm -hmm. was weightlifting. And so a lot of people don't necessarily know that uh, when my dad was younger, he uh, had a tryout for the Atlanta Falcons. He was uh, contracted to be one of their players. And so being, a part of sports has always been a part of my life. My brother played sports. I always wanted to be like Joe Montana mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, there are things in life that guess what? <laughs> Especially people in the millennial or ex-zillennial, whatever the heck, mm -hmm. In my generation, right, we, we got told a lot we could do anything we want to. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily true. Mm. <laughs> Just because I wanted to be Joe Montana, I was never going to be Joe Montana. But I say that because one of the things that I learned is I may not be able to do things such as team sports in the way that I would like to in a competitive way, but weightlifting was something 
that I could do and I could do it for myself to the best of my ability. And I didn't have to have a team around me to make that work. And so (laughs) I remember driving my brother. I was sitting on the couch. This is about six years ago now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I really don't like the way that I feel. I don't like the way that I look. I'm just not feeling it right now. And my brother walks in and he's like, hey, you know, my gym, we can invite people during the weekend. Do you want to go? And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything else. (laughs) So, (laughs) so let's go. And I remember I was driving home for the people that can see and got my hands on the steering wheel. And I remember my arms were shaking after we were done. And I was like, oh, there's something that was missing there. Mm. And then for a four year stretch, I was going uh, almost probably average five days a week. Oh, yeah. You really you really committed yourself to weightlifting. What was some of your favorite exercises? Just to ask, like. Yeah. So deadlift, bench press. And uh, those are those are my two favorite. And then squat, just because uh, it's really helpful when you have CP. It's really hard and difficult to yeah, do. I can only um, imagine. But I mean. It's a needed body part for uh, having a longer and higher quality of life, I believe. So. Yeah, uh, 100. Like, um, do you, so you you can still use your legs? Yeah. Oh, cool. That's what's up. That's very cool. Okay, good. good. I thought you were just so, like, go ahead. Here, here's the thing. What's up? A lot of people with cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. they do use wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. And right here's a funny thing about humans. So (laughs) somewhere along the line, wheelchair got associated with they can't move. Mm -hmm. And so everybody assumes that somebody in a wheelchair can't get up from the chair and walk around. Mm -hmm. And like I remember one time watching somebody pick another dude up. And I'm like, wait, stop. Because <laughs> they, they assume that they have, there's no feeling. Yeah. I'm like, that dude can feel everything you're doing. He's just not empowered enough to tell you to stop. <laughs> Don't wow. pick him up. Wow. Yo, yo. So like that. OK, so that's one of the things then that's a part of those labels that you you make sure that you break with other folks that. Um, well, including myself, like there is no, you're not wheelchair bound. That's a label. Um, yeah. Or you're not handicapped. That's a label. You know what I mean? So like, when did you start to notice these labels and want to like fight against them? Fourth grade is when I really started to notice because it was, um, field day and you know in field day the biggest thing to do is tug of war Mm -hmm. 
And so they do all the grades. You, <laughs> you do tug of war against all the winning classes of the grades. My grade won fourth grade. So we were going up against the fifth graders. And I remember sitting there. I got in the back of the rope. So I'm anchored down. And <clears throat> we lost. And I remember walking into the classroom after the day is over. Mm -hmm. And I remember a kid coming up to me and saying, hey, Nathan, just so you know, you're the reason we lost. And so talk about feeling inadequate at that moment. Yeah. And it that's played a big role in a lot of the things that have uh, both things that I've struggled with, but also the thing that gives me that push to like rip those labels off. Right. Yeah. Because I know that feeling and I know that nobody should ever feel that way because you're not broken. Even if you're struggling, you're not broken. Mm -mm. Um, and yet that word and that message gets thrown around so often that even now the analogy of the glow stick see that all the time you had to be broken to shine your light i don't i don't agree with that it's just a cool story to say because it's an easy analogy to yeah. bring to life but you're not broken i agree like a lot of people say they, they have to fix themselves you know what I mean? Or, hey, Charles, how can you help me? Or how can you fix me? I'm like, dude, you don't have to be fixed. All you got to do is remember who you are. Like, you are the divine expression of the creator. Like, you are the creator. Just as much as my fingernail is a, a, is a part of me, you are a part of the creator. You are the creator. You know what I mean? So, like, you can manifest and you can do whatever the hell you want to do. And, um, you're not there's like I, I believe that the universe doesn't make anything that's broken you know what i mean you have a specific reason you have a specific purpose for being here and just because you're going through a hard time or just because you are seeing yourself from someone else's perspective or point of view doesn't mean you're broken it just means that you need a new uh, to reframe to reframe how you see your life and how you see yourself yeah a hundred percent. And, you know, I'm not a super religious dude, but there is a story in the Bible that mm -hmm. that I love. And it's because because of my life experience, I look at it from a much different perspective than yeah. most people. So mm -hmm. there's a story where a guy can't walk. He can't move. And so Jesus comes to town and he's preaching. And so what do they do to get the guy to see Jesus preach? <laughs> they lower him through the roof. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh, that's amazing. That guy got to see Jesus. And, and I'm like, well, so everybody's focused on that guy having a problem. Mm. But maybe the fact that he was born the way that he was mm -hmm. was the thing that was used to get all the people that brought him and lowered him through the roof to see that message yeah yeah and without him being that way they would have never received the message either mm -hmm. 
wow wow what a what a reframe holy cow yeah the sheesh like the the blessing of of him being in that state was also a blessing to the people around him because they may not have ever gone to go see jesus yeah. Yo, what a person. That is beautiful, dog. <laughs> okay, then that's awesome. Um, you know, it's th- like things like that, it really it changes everything around. I my my family cares for individuals with disabilities, with developmental disabilities, excuse me. And uh, uh so, some folks um that are slower than others are the ones that need the most patience yo so like i remember that my patience was definitely developed during that time where i was caring for these clients like so it was a blessing in two ways like i was able to serve these folks that needed like that needed it and that wanted these services that I was giving them, you know, cooking for them, cleaning for them, taking them wherever they need to go, you know, just making sure that they're safe and comfortable and learning what they needed to learn so they can hopefully get rid of me one day. <laughs> and then on the other hand, I was learning about perspective as well. Like I, I, I had gratitude for my abilities. I had uh, I was grateful to make sure that I could serve and, and, and gave me more of an affinity to serve. And also, um, I was uh, I was just in a, a position where I could have gotten aggravated so many times uh, because of you know something they might have done that was being annoying, or because of a mistake that they made that they didn't want to admit. But I just grew so much more compassion and patience um, because of working with them. So yeah, it, it's everything works out for like the universe it unfolds uh for our for us or like for our favor you know what i mean for us at all times so like go ahead yeah i, I want to add to that because i so i also did um my as we talked about i myself have a disability uh, mm-hmm. it's a developmental disability so i had it since birth mm-hmm. um but I worked with people with intellectual disabilities too every week. And what I can tell you is those are the people to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. If you really, if you really want to learn about what life is about, Mm -hmm. go, go pay attention to those individuals Mm -hmm. because they care for you on another level and they don't care about what, you can do for them Mm-mm, not at all they care for you because you're human amen amen like the labels don't matter what matters is like the present the present moment and of course uh the past the past when it comes to power rangers and boy meets world but that's a different conversation <laughs> <laughs> hey so hey so you began your uh, coaching business, but you also you you began this podcast, Conversations with uh, the Loneliness Coach uh, podcast. Man, tell us uh, more, some more about your podcast. Yeah, so even before it was Conversations with the Loneliness Coach, I started when Facebook Live had just come out. It was brand new, mm-hmm. and I was um, sitting at an event, 
and with all these amazing people. And I just, the question said, wouldn't it be awesome to just spend some time talking to some of these people every week? And so what happened was it started as just, okay, I'm going to go live with my friends and we're going to have a conversation. And then it kind of, as I kept having conversations and technology shifted, I, I finally moved it over to a podcast. And as I started to get more into loneliness, I wanted to shift it specifically into loneliness and connection mm -hmm. and what that looks like for people. And so I, I tell you what, man, those, those first live interviews, those were the best and they mm -hmm. were the best because not only was I having a great conversation with the person across from me, but the interaction from the people who were able to watch and join with us live. Because mm -hmm. people ask amazing questions that you may not be thinking about. And you're like, oh, that's a great question. Let's talk about that and let's let's see where it goes. So I really love that. And I love just connecting with people, man. Um, and questions are everything. <laughs> Amen. So, like, I got a question for you. What made you want to talk more about loneliness? Yeah, I remember I was uh, with one of my coaches mm -hmm. and he's like, what do you think? Uh, your friends have a problem with, but they don't talk about. And I was like, I think first we talk very surface level. Yeah. And so we don't really say what's going on. And I, if we pulled everybody and you had to be completely honest, like some Harry Potter, you took a potion and you couldn't lie. Mm -hmm. If you asked, people if they were actually lonely and they felt disconnected they would tell you yes mm -hmm. and so that got me starting to do the research and i mean at that point <laughs> research was like i mean we're well over 50 percent of people right now experience loneliness at any given time mm -hmm. um and you know, one of the things is we experience it. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think we always know how to express that that's actually what's happening. And then two, <laughs> we have horrible relationships with the words good, bad, right, and wrong. And so to feel lonely is bad if i feel lonely and anybody knows I, it might be wrong for me to feel that way mm -hmm. and so we just sit and what we really want to do most we've built up a, a resistance like going to the gym of where we just go into isolation mode and well nobody wants to hear my problems no, nobody wants to hear my problems. And one of the things I hate right now that I see a lot of is, well, they're my problems. So what are you going to do about it? 
again, it goes back to the fixing thing. I don't think you always have to fix. Even by just listening to somebody, that helps with a problem. Even mm-hmm. if you don't have, even if the problem isn't yours. Real talk. The One of the best things that you can do is just to allow yourself to listen and, and hear somebody, hear what somebody has to say. You know, a lot of people don't even, you know, especially, you know, I, I got my girlfriend, Bree. And usually she doesn't need like when she's telling me how she's feeling, she doesn't really want to talk about it. She doesn't want to, like, have a conversation. She just wants me to shut up and listen. (laughs) And I'm like, yo, like, it's so hard for me because, you know, I love her and I want to, you know, make sure that she's comfortable and make sure that, you know, she doesn't feel these bad feelings. But, wait, wait! You're you're missing a point there, though. I know. Like, the, I know. The, the real point and the the label, right? You're also a man, and what we think about is we always want to fix problems. Yes, that's the way we're designed. Exactly, exactly. So, like, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I that's the thing. When I just listen to her and I acknowledge her feelings, that means the most. And what you were talking about with that word lonely, bruh, that word lonely, it really hits me in the gut. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever told somebody that I'm lonely, you know, and the, fu- the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> I don't even think that I've called somebody up when I'm lonely. I don't I just I kind of like stew in it and I'll distract myself. <laughs> more than anything you know what i mean because you don't want to call hey man what's up bro i want to i want to call you because i'm just lonely (laughs) no like i it seems so like shameful okay well hey hey Hey, since we know since we know we're gonna be doing some exercises right what up let's let me ask you a couple questions real quick and (laughs) let's Wait, all right. This so, is my podcast. What you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. Go for it. All right. So close your eyes real quick. Uh oh. All right. Eyes all right. And just breathe. And I want you to, as I ask you these questions, right, mm-hmm. just think about whatever comes up for you. Uh, it's what's supposed to come up for you. Okay. Right. And you don't have to say, and we can talk about it after I finish asking. I'm just going to ask a couple of them. But I want you to imagine that time when you're like, I never wanted to call you and tell you I'm lonely. That experience, right? I want mm. you to imagine that experience. Mm. And I want you to think about when you're in that experience, that experience of loneliness, what do you see? All right. Now, you could see nothing. You could see a specific environment. <clears throat> you could see people. I don't know. But whatever's coming up is what is supposed to come up for you mm-hmm. and now i want you to we know what you see mm-hmm. i want you to think about when you're in that experience what do you hear again mm-hmm. it could be nothing it could be something very specific whatever it is that's what you're supposed to hear now i want you to imagine you walk up to this table and there's a box of crayons on the table mm-hmm. You pick up the box, you open it. There's one crayon inside. You go ahead and pull that crayon out and look at it. It's You've never seen it before, but it says lonely. Mm. What color is that crayon? 
And then finally, I want to ask you, as you think about this experience and loneliness, if loneliness was an inanimate object and it just like it showed up right now, what's that inanimate object? And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Hmm. 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 That's a good one, bro. So what what did you notice? I noticed that the color of loneliness is purple for some reason. <laughs> um I learned that the um oh what I saw was nothing. I saw like an empty house, a big old empty house. And what I heard was my internal conversations. The the mm. convers like the conversations that were in my mind. Because when I'm going through that loneliness, I want to distract myself. However, I also want to make sure that I'm quiet, that I quiet down and I can hear whatever beliefs are going on in my mind at the time because you know i'm a self-talk engineer so i can get rid of those limiting beliefs from whatever like comes up so just seeing like oh also i i once again i noticed like shame the shame of mm. the shame of wanting to call somebody but not wanting to bug them right like that that was that stood out to me the inanimate object i didn't get a hold of i didn't get i didn't get a hold of it if anything if anything the inanimate object obviously i mean honestly was the crayon the crayon was the the inanimate object because you know i was thinking like of maybe leaves but leaves didn't really resonate or this that and the other but the crayon, that one crayon in the box, that really, that made a, that made a big difference to me. That, that was what really stood out to me as far as something that, that uh, belonged in a group, but was, lo- was lonely, that one thing. It's very interesting. Yo, that's And you know, you, you know what, what I took away from that and the, the object as you were talking, the thing mm-hmm. that stuck out to me was the empty house. So I think that's really interesting. I obviously don't know 100% what that means to you, but it means something. Yo, so um, when I came to to the island of Kauai, I was house sitting for about four years. And it was a four bedroom, three bathroom, uh, multiple living room, big, you know, porch inside and outside porch. you know, it was just a huge house. Right. And after I got divorced from my ex-wife, I was in there by myself. Like a lot. Mm. And I just remember me being in that big old house and noticing that I'm lonely, noticing that I want to distract myself and being like, no, turn off the radio turn off the podcast, turn off the TV, sit with yourself, 
sit with yourself and see what are you thinking and see if you can be in the company of yourself. Like, how is like what type of relationship are you having with yourself right now? How are you feeling and getting in tune with that? And sometimes I would be lonely. Yeah. So, And, you know, it's interesting because, again, as we touched on, people associate that with bad. Yeah. And realistically, it's a survival signal that is given to you for a very important reason. And that reason is to say, hey, um, you're a little bit disconnected right now. Mm -hmm. So go get with your tribe, get with people, other people. And, but what happens is we come up with a story that says, oh yeah, (laughs) I'll call Charles tomorrow. I won't call him right now when it's on my mind. I'll call Mm -hmm. him tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then that tomorrow turns into the next day, turns into the next day. And I have these words that we say that are words of disconnection. Mm -hmm. And one of them is busy. Yo, real talk. Mindful of your four letter words. (laughs) Busy, fine, good, okay, okay, sure. Like those are all words we use to protect ourselves, Mm -hmm. but they disconnect us. Big time. Yeah. Because when do we we usually say good? We usually say, how are you feeling? Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Good. That's not a fucking feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's real talk. (laughs) Lately, I've been saying blessed, but that's on another another conversation yeah you're right good i'm fine okay i'm I'm okay those are all big signals like you know those are all signals that i mean they could be signals of somebody that's going through something internally or it could just be yeah. general conversation how you doing i'm good you know? <laughs> like you know that's a programming too you know, to yeah, that's something automatically to say. I'm fine. <laughs> um, because you don't want to say, man, I'm I'm over here. I'm messed up over here, yo. You don't because like, you gotta. There's an amount of rapport that you gotta gain with somebody before you dive into that. You know what I mean? There's an amount of comfort, yeah. like there's an amount of comfort that you have to have before you just tear yourself open. You know, and if you yeah. If you do that, if you are willing to be open and vulnerable and the other person and, and the other person is not ready to receive that, it's like, dog, can we talk about this after I've had my coffee? Like, yeah, I understand that. But I'm on this rush right now because I just watched this game. Like that's so nobody wants to be rejected and nobody wants to be judged. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they would rather say I'm good or I'm OK or I'm fine instead of really going into the conversation of how they really feel. Yeah, when in, in my coaching program, I have some pillars that I believe have to happen to create connection. And it's first, you have to be courageous. Yeah. And second, you have to risk rejection. In every connection you ever make, you're risking rejection, even if it's connecting with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many times do you sit with yourself 
and you're like, oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> if, I, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I don't I don't want to see what I just want to ignore what I know to be true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have to risk putting yourself in a space to be rejected. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, one of the beautiful things about having a disability that's very visible mm-hmm. is <laughs> I've been stared at every day of my life that I've been in public mm-hmm. every day. And I could either choose to let that make me annoyed that people are staring or I could know that, Hey, I might be the only person that they see that has this as a circumstance in their life. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of power in how I show up in the moment. A hundred percent. Look, I'm, I'm human, so there are going to be days when I'm just going to be a dick and not want to <laughs> deal with people, too. Oh, yeah. And people don't, people don't even recognize that. Because I get asked all the time, Nathan, how are you so happy? And are, are you happy all the time? You, mm-hmm. You're smiling all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, fuck no, I'm not happy <laughs> all the time. I'm human. <laughs> but they, they make that correlation yeah. that... Oh, I think that's something to do with his disability. No. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> not only have you not only like you've embraced that the fact that people look at you by being on a podcast, by being uh, by, by starting a podcast and also by speaking. You spoke at like multiple times as a motivational speaker, right? Yeah, 100 percent. How does that and uh, go ahead? I was going to say, so the very first time that I actually spoke, it was in front of, I don't even know how many people, mm. uh, but it was on local TV in the Charlotte area. Yo. And so that's one of the greatest gifts. Uh, my mom, she knew early on, like she just had me and she's like, she got to figure this shit like her and my dad had to figure this shit out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Nobody was really telling them, oh, you do. There's not a handbook. And so she had to do a lot of advocating mm-hmm. and she took it upon herself to be like, well, if I'm doing this, I'm going to have Nathan here so he can see what's happening. And he can be a part of it. And so. I mean, I was a March of Dimes ambassador, so she would go give the big speech, and then I would come in and what I would is, say, "Hey, what is what is March of Dimes?" So they provide research and funding for uh, babies who are born premature. Understood. To to work with that, and so uh, I that's me. Yeah, for sure. And, and I would just go mm-hmm. and I would be like, hey, thanks so much, everybody, for coming. Mm-hmm. But what that was really doing was getting me comfortable in using my voice mm-hmm. and being seen. It didn't have to be some hour long, like to be motivational, you don't have to do 
what you see on Instagram or what you see at conferences. Yeah. You could be a motivational speaker that speaks for two and a half minutes and your story created a shift for somebody mm-hmm. and they went and took action in their own life. Mm. Welcome to being a motivational speaker. And this is for all the kids with disabilities or adults. You get pigeonholed into two things. You get told so many times you're an inspiration mm-hmm. that you should be a motivational speaker. Or they're like, oh, yeah, go be a janitor, go be a Walmart greeter. Yeah. And you don't have to be either one. There's so much room in between. You can look and find other things. And being a motivational speaker, to do it the way that everybody thinks you should do it is hard shit. (laughs) (laughs) How does everybody expect you to to do it? Oh, to, well, for me, right? Because I can only speak from my experience. Mm-hmm. Like to be up there, to be a speaker at something like Some of the Greatness. Yeah. Or a, a conference or uh, Nick Vujicic. Like, obviously, he's going to be very big in the disability community. Huge. Um, let alone the world. Yeah. But so you're already... That's what you have envisioned. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that just by telling your story. <laughs> that, that's not how all that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, telling your story is important. There's a lot of other stuff that nobody really is coming along saying, well, if you really want to do this, here's what we need. To, here's the skills we need to help you develop. Mm-hmm. It's not just going and saying, Oh, here's my story. So like, what else, what are those skills? Communication. Uh, I think emotional intelligence. So working on being able to regulate your emotions is huge Mm -hmm. especially for our community i think being able to have somebody market and get you in front of the right people yeah yeah real time is important Mm -hmm. and so it's not just talking it's 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 repping it out too and it's realizing that something even like a podcast that's a rep towards that bigger goal it's it's running a business is really what it is yeah yeah man you probably like i'm glad that you broke past all those labels and you started your own business and you got your coaching and you also have your podcast like you you're remolding you're not breaking any molds but you're remolding what um, uh, things can be like um, for individuals with developmental disabilities or just individuals in general, individuals with any label for uh, for that matter. So congratulations. That's dog. the goal, man. Yeah. Yeah. I yo. appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, bro. Hey, so today on the podcast, I get I also get an opportunity to, to serve as well. Uh, because on the podcast, we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you hope. 
or cope, excuse me. And uh, you definitely brought me uh, plenty of of hope. Um, and you're definitely dope. <laughs> now, with this, <laughs> we uh, get to, uh, so we're going to be getting rid of a, a, a negative emotion a day. And we're going to be using the technique called mental and emotional release. It's a neurolinguistic programming technique. Uh, and for all you at home, please do not uh, do this on your own. Please go to a practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, or you can hit me up at charleswolfwork.com and go to my home page. There's a, a form on the front. And I would love to be a blessing to help uh, help you get whatever is on your chest, off of your chest or off of your shoulders, if you will. Now, today, Nathan, we are going to be getting rid of the feeling of shame. Now, I felt plenty of shame throughout my life as far as me not having a father, as far as sometimes a lot of times I felt shame because my mom, like we were broke growing up so i never had like the jordans all the time and you know i just i always felt as though i was not good enough like i I felt shameful for that um what are some of your experiences being with shame yeah um so i would say number one goes back to that early story about the tug of war right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh like so so i've done a lot of this work as as well and so like that version of me whenever they come to visit Mm -hmm. i gave it the name of inadequate igor (laughs) (laughs) so the the shame about not being able to do certain things and Mm -hmm. even the idea that like um not being able to play football or a sport in the way that I wanted to mm-hmm. uh because I w- <laughs> I would get put in the the sports where it was uh, all disability related right and I'm like well okay this isn't the type of sport I really want to play mm-hmm. um so stuff around that and you know something that's come up for me recently is like the shame and asking for for help mm-hmm. like the idea that um just because i didn't do something or somebody helped me with it mm-hmm. like there's an assumption that you should just be able to do it all on your own Mm. and if you ask for help there's shame attached to that 100 um so that's recently come up um over this holiday season so yeah like those are those are core ones for me yeah like um if you ask for help then you're weak you know, or, or I mean, I, I know about that personally, for sure. Um, or you're inadequate in some way. And also it's that feeling of like you were talking about earlier, that idea of being broken, like being in, inherently broken, like somebody like you need to be fixed um, yeah. or there's something wrong with you that that brings um, some shame uh, for me. Yeah, um, no, I agree with that 100 like, percent. Yeah. And and to say that 
I talk about you're not broken, I can still get in that space for sure. Where it's like, oh, wait a minute. How, how much do I believe this today? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it creeps in. And it's like, oh, here's a reminder. <laughs> hey, just in case you forgot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Freaking mind plays tricks on you, man. Um, so, like, l- let's get connected uh, the mind body connection. Um, this is the exercise where you can go ahead and uh, close your eyes if you like and connect with your body. And when you think of those moments when you felt shame, where do you feel it in your body? Let me know. You know what? It's, it's like a sensation that's running up and down my whole body. Mm. It's not, it's not in one sitting in one place. Mm -hmm. It's it's so it's running up and down and it just keeps running like electricity almost. Is there a weight to it? Right, right now it feels pretty heavy. Is there a like a vibration or a pressure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. You can go ahead and open your eyes. So that's something to pay attention to because um we want to make sure that we always uh, stay connected with it. And also that'll be a, a good indicator that those negative emotions are, are getting lifted yeah. as well. So when you feel lighter, you're like, oh, stop, that's not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, man. Let's get this uh this weight off of your shoulders. Let's get, let's get rid of the shame. So is it all right? Uh, so let me go ahead and give you a, 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 another review. Now, all you got to do are three things in order for you to have a profound experience. Number one, you need to use your imagination. Number two, you got to follow directions. Just like you follow Google Maps or a good recipe. And number three, you need to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide. I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. And I come from a place of love and high vibrations. Yep. Sounds good. Also, it's uh, it's important for you to have empathy and compassion for everyone in each and every event. So making sure that you communicate with each uh, with uh, everyone in each and every event uh, with compassion and empathy will be something that I guide you through during this exercise. Cool. Yep. Awesome. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this shame today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Yeah. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt shame when you were just a little kid? Um, let's, let's keep it between the ages of birth Ooh. and seven. Yeah, I think it's that. I think it is that tug of war. Right. How old were you? That's the one that sticks out. Uh, shoot. I don't know. How old are we? <laughs> How old are we? Maybe, maybe are we? a little bit older than seven. A little bit older than seven. How old do you think you were? What is that? Eight, nine? Let's say you I were about. Remember. Let's keep it at eight. Let's say you were eight years old. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. cool. Um, <laughs> um, also, let's create a, an imaginary timeline. Now, with your imaginary timeline, your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. If you were to know, where's your past? Back there behind me. Where's your future? In front of me. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Let's get it. So um, all you have to do now is just close your eyes, relax, and let me know when you're ready for the process to drop your baggage.
Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float behind yourself and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you felt shame. And you're just a little kid after the tug of war. And just imagine floating above yourself right there, looking at the whole event like a fly on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me know when you're there. Yeah. Okay. You can see yourself and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, just stay right there. Don't move. See yourself like a fly on the wall and just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learnings so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. Yeah. Awesome. Now, keep your eyes closed. Don't open them until I ask you to do so. And with you hovering above the event, tell me, what did you learn from the event? Uh, What did I learn? I learned that I was doing my best. And, (laughs) you know, I I learned that we still came in second place. That's what I learned. Mm-hmm. And is there anything that you, ha- what did you have to say to that little boy, that other little boy? <laughs> Said it's all good, man. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> awesome. And what is something that you could take with you into the future to make you a better person? Remembering that everybody's got their own tug of war. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float behind you and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Yeah. All right. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, just imagine floating deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space in the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Listen closely. Float very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt shame from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of all the shame all the way back to now. Go. Yeah, dude, I feel pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Float down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. (sighs) Okay, so. Welcome back. Go for it. I was like Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) remember when he used to say relax yeah yeah that's what came up for me it was like 
Relax. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> That's what was coming up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, how did, how how was that so powerful in in uh, each and every event? Like we as humans take things so serious mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. that really aren't that serious. Like <laughs> I was, I was watching a, um Larry King with Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm. and one of the questions was, "What happens if the Earth stops spinning?" He was like, "Well, just imagine what would happen if you like, if you automatically were in the car and you just immediately stopped." It would be a bad day on earth. <laughs> you would just keep rolling. And it's like, in reality, yeah, what are we going to do about it? Like, just show up and be the best you you can be. Mm. And that's, that's what we can do in every moment. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. You can make it into a commercial. Wow. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so, like, uh, you... Okay, I, uh, I got to go through a process real quick just to make sure we check. Okay. Uh, do you yep. smell Do you smell chicken? <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I had, I had COVID, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you can't smell nothing. <laughs> like ever since then, a little, a little hairy on the smelling. But okay. I think I, I mean I smell something. Okay. <laughs> okay. I asked that question to get your mind off of the meditation. Um uh can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion? And go back and notice if you can feel it, or you may find that you cannot. I mean, yeah. So when I go back into the tug of war, Mm -hmm. it is like, it is like, chill out, bro. (laughs) Don't just, uh, don't just think of that one. Think of other times in your timeline in which, yeah. Yeah. How does, how do those other times feel? Yeah. It takes, it definitely took away the heaviness. And it, uh, what it made me think of, like, as I was going to do it is the realization that everybody, even right now, us doing this together, we're all experiencing emotions at Mm -hmm. any given point in time. So everybody's experiencing something during every interaction that we ever have. And um so just to be able to notice that and to acknowledge that that's happening it enables the release to actually happen wow very good very good um i want you to float out into the future to an unspecified time in the future which if the same thing would have happened in the past you would have felt shame but it's the future now so see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. 
<laughs> I, I yeah no i can't find it <laughs> congratulations you just released some shame bro. good job <laughs> you are officially a baggage dropper <laughs> my shame got replaced with relax <laughs> all right all right so like one of the things that you said the thing that uh one of the things that you said um to the kid to the other little boy uh during the uh, after the tug of war was it's all good <laughs> tell me about that <laughs> yeah it's just like it was being in that moment of dude it's tug of war <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it's uh, it's elementary school bro yeah yeah and we got second place that out was... of the whole school oh how many how many like teams were there uh i don't i don't know how many classes of students we had but uh-huh. we got it out of the whole school that is cool okay okay so it's perspective it's perspective is bro we still did very very well yeah but you know like it's real easy to get caught up when, you, <laughs> when you're competitive and you don't know any better to be yeah. like what what's the the ricky bobby if you're not first you're last <laughs> yeah hell yeah hey and also it, um when you're elementary when you're in elementary school that is life you don't have a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That is life right there. Field day, field day is life, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so that guy was like, he was looking for a fall guy, and he was like, who can I blame? <laughs> it's, the, it's the easiest guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not running away anywhere pretty fast. So. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Very good. Very good um so so uh, okay so do you how is that feeling in your body when you think of those events in the in the past now yeah like it's completely like so i talked about uh going up and down and like the electricity like Mm -hmm. right now it's just it stopped like right here and it Mm. feels pretty soft like a solid feeling Mm. like not the um I don't know whether it's love or or what it technically is right now, but what I'm feeling, it it all just went instead of moving, and it just went and sat right right there. But it's not heavy. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. So it went right there by like by right by your heart. Yeah, and that's usually when I do um, similar exercises where we're talking about the body Mm -hmm. usually stuff ends up like i'm very heart centric Mm. and where my emotions go Mm -hmm. and uh it was interesting to even just have that be like a radiating up and down and not stopping in one place yeah yeah interesting huh how if like uh that one emotion like affected your whole being you know yeah Mm -hmm. super interesting you you laughed a lot during this process (laughs) what was so funny (laughs) no once i once i like saw the relaxed and the chill out and i was like bro (laughs) calm calm down bro (laughs) 
<laughs> like how could how could you not uh and you know whenever i think of shame too the mm-hmm. like my brain game of thrones like makes me think of the woman waving her bell saying shame mm-hmm. shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> and it's like oh my goodness yeah, so it was just it was that feeling of relaxation and chilling out. Yeah, not taking things. So that's the that's the lesson, right? For me, mm-hmm. is okay in those moments. Just like, chill out, bro. Yeah, don't take it so serious. I th- and that's the thing, like we, especially when it's based upon an emotion that we've felt for so long. Like, let's not say we, me personally, when it comes upon an emotion that I felt for so long and then I get triggered, I take that, I take that shit personally, like super personally, yeah. like, yo, when it comes to like somebody embarrassing me because of my fear of rejection or my fear of judgment, if somebody were to embarrass me in front of folks, I get triggered super fast and take it personally, even if it could be a joke, yo. So yeah. So like not like, like I should have you in the background like chill out, <laughs> relax, Re- no no relax. Yeah. I'll, I'll record a, a voice message for you. <laughs> like hold on, give me a second. I pull out my phone. Uh, thanks, Nathan. I needed that. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, um mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been this has been interesting. And, you know, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about I've said this publicly before, Mm. but, you know, it's interesting. I've had a urinal explode on me Mm -hmm. and had to go walk back to class. And it's like that was just like I didn't feel anything in that moment. It was like, well. What you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've just had weird stuff like that happen, and it's like, oh well, okay. This just is gotta no, go forward. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like, bro, the the mind is so weird. How one event from your childhood can shape how you react to things throughout your whole freaking life yo and so here's what i'll tell you right now what what just being able to verbalize that just did so all that the times when shame really popped up Mm -hmm. and is like Okay, hey Nathan. Hey Nathan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're here. <laughs> um it has to do with my own definition of and my own label of being a man. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because okay, thinking about tug of war. Okay, I'm gonna win at all costs. I'm gonna be physical and be able to do physical things mm-hmm. and then so it's it's interesting that that i think is what that emotion and feeling is tied greatly to a hundred percent yo if you question my 
my identity around that label, that's when I start to go. Mm-hmm. And it's it's real easy to do when you have a circumstance of being disabled and you don't see attractive figures on TV that are uh, that portray disability and you got <laughs> the only one I can think of right now is Drake. I never even watched that show. I just know he played a dude in a wheelchair. Hell no. Nah. It's, like, it's like, okay, there that's a whole nother different conversation about <laughs> yeah. representation. But so true. But that that's what came up for me there. Mm-hmm. Like um feeling emasculated throughout uh, at times yeah yeah that definitely that definitely like evokes shame for example um uh, i told you about my girlfriend brie uh she has a, a wonderful business that she's been running for a while and she makes a bunch more money than me because she's a jeweler she she makes jewelry she sells jewelry she's amazing she sell, and she she's made a bunch she makes a bunch more money than me and that can make me feel a certain amount of like shame at times yeah you know what i mean like i'm the, the society wise right the the you're supposed to be the, the supposed to be right you're supposed to make more money than your partner you're supposed to be able to get your your girl whatever she wants you know what i mean and and this that and the other and when i when i look at like the resources wise i could i could fall into this shame spiral i i definitely i mean i catch it i nip it in the bud but yo i I definitely feel it i definitely feel or better yet when I watch other guys play like a sport, like CrossFit training and all that stuff. And I know that I'm not like that ripped and all that stuff. <laughs> yo, I'm like, yo, like, I really need to get on my ground. I need to do like, and it's, it's all these, these stories that your mind makes up about. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's about how you, I'm not good enough, but also it's the fact that I'm determining I'm allowing um, I'm allowing society or other people's perspectives, other people's point of view, other people's standards to be my standard as well. That's when I mess up the most. Yeah. And how often when that feeling is happening, Mm -hmm. (laughs) do like those goalposts, are always changing and you don't know <laughs> you don't know that they're changing mm-hmm. that's the thing when i talk to people about um boundaries and stuff too i'm like so when i think of boundaries i think sports is the best analogy to use because mm-hmm. they have out of bounds and they have all these rules set up mm-hmm. and i was like well here's the problem you're over here playing tennis. I'm over here playing football. Mm. 
we haven't communicated the differences in the rules and you don't know if I don't know what the rules are. I don't really know how to play the game. I'm just playing my game and I'm frustrated all to hell because I'm like, wait, that's not a that's not a penalty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that is a great analogy. That is a great analogy. And we can pick our own game. We can, we can, yeah. it, we design our own game. There is no, we, we don't have to have like the conventional like games that everybody else plays. Oh, this whole game of life, this whole game of life is about how we think about it. That's a good book, yeah. by the way, The Game of Life. Amazing book about uh, law of attraction and manifestation. Bro, bro, how you feeling? I feel good. I, I hope. Uh, hey, hey, watch your listening. Watch your four letter words, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I just I want to see what other people get out of this conversation. Yeah. Um. You know these these are the best way you talked about in the exercise to learn from other people's perspectives. The best way is to to be open to having conversations like this. And, you know, as you were talking about your idea of like the man being a man labels, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I was a question that us coming up in my mind that anybody who is in a relationship can ask if you're if you're a dude is, hey, in what in what ways do I provide for you? And see what your partner's answers are. So true. It's so true. Yo, the and that's that's so like that that right there hits the nail on the head. You know, because everybody has different love languages. Every has everyone has different expectations. Um, everybody has different standards. And if you meet those without having the the things that uh, other people may have, then Mm -hmm. you need to, you need to be, or you can be, um, you could feel like good about yourself. And also what I've also realized is that if I don't ever meet an expectation or if I don't ever meet a love language, or if I don't ever fit the standard, then that's okay too. And that means that I'm in for somebody else. It's it's it's, okay. it's like being okay with being okay. Yeah. Not being okay, but like being okay with being okay with being yourself. okay with being yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, real talk. Yeah, hey, Nathan, you are so awesome, bro. Thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. This yeah. has been great. Yeah, dog. Hey, same here. Hey, I'm I'm going ahead and uh, tie this up in a bow. But before that, please give us uh, one more word of wisdom. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody about this earlier today. Um, when it comes to social media, right? And mm-hmm. I was thinking about, and when I talk about connection, I talk about being seen, being heard, and being loved, feeling those things, and. Know that your voice matters and you should always be creating 
whether you have a business or you are just somebody who uses social media to connect with other people, always be sharing your voice because there's so many people out there looking for hope. And that's one really quick way to let people know how you feel, what you uh, believe in, and to help them believe in themselves. And I would challenge anybody today to replace two text messages today with a voice message Mm. because there's power in voice. And yet we very rarely use it when we talk to people through our phones. Man. Seen, hear, and love. I like those four letter words a whole lot more. (laughs) Hey, thank you so much. And thank everybody uh, that is listening to this podcast. I really, really, truly appreciate your, your love and your attention and your support. And I love each and every one of you guys from the bottom of my heart. Uh, if you like this podcast, which you probably, oh my gosh, how could you not? Go ahead and <laughs> hit that like and subscribe button. Just throw. relax. <laughs> hit that like and hit subscribe. Hit the like button. That's right. That's right. Um, and if you're on a podcast platform, give your brother five stars and some feedback as well. Uh, right here on the Drop Your Baggage podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. I'm your host, Charles Wolfork, the self-talk engineer. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace.